0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Second Win Leadership Podcast. I'm excited to dive into today's episode. Um, In fact, I'm beyond excited because this is the third time (laughs) I've tried to record this episode. I don't know what happened with my mic, but you guys can hear me. This is the joy of uh, diving in and building a podcast community. But thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I think we've hit already 150 downloads. So, thank you so much. Um, I want to recap. Last time we were talking about what it looks like to um, just walk through burnout and how to avoid quitting, questions we should be asking. And a few things that we highlighted was that when we're navigating uh, quitting, the reason why we want to quit and the reason why we uh, often burn out is because of exhaustion, right? I'm just too tired mentally, physically. I'm just exhausted. I've got nothing left. And the other one was disengagement. Disengagement, I've checked out. Like, I really don't know what else to do here. I'm checking out. I don't have anything else. Um, And then there's fear. I don't have the courage to go forward. And so what I want to actually address in our episode this time around are three powerful ways to bounce back from burnout. Three strategies, if you will, to consider before you quit. These are, these are, again, let me just share with you. I'm not a scholar, um, but I'm a practitioner. So these are some things that I've researched. I've studied. Um, I've actually gotten some, uh, help with some of these things as I've done some of the research and I've also practiced them myself. So what I want to give you are three powerful strategies to actually bounce back from burnout or help you if you're trying to navigate um, three things to consider before you quit. Here it is. We've got to understand, first of all, that burnout is not just a physical thing, but it affects everything. Like imagine for a second that it's something that's a mess, it's messing with you emotionally, it's messing with you physically, it's messing with you mentally, relationally. If you're exhausted, if you're checked out of environments, uh, that's definitely gonna affect you financially, right? You you come to work and and you're not actually doing what you want uh were doing. And so all of a sudden your performance is going down, or you're in relationship, and that doesn't, you're not actually showing up the way you want it to. You've actually checked out your escape. And some even worse yet, like some of us, we, we betrayed the people we've been in relationship with because we've been checked out and burned out with that relationship. So I want us to understand that it's not just a quick fix. It's not just, I can press a button and all of a sudden I'm out of it, but it does take a holistic, um, approach. And so I'm hoping that these strategies will help you. So number one, Here's the strategy. You've got to focus and get clear on who you are. You've got to get clear on who you are. You've got to find who you are, not just what you do, but who are you? Like, really, like, who are you? And so uh, there's one guy that I really love to, to uh, read. It's Henry Nouwen. He's a Dutch Catholic priest, a professor, writer, theologian. He's a late uh, um, priest, writer, and theologian. And he died a few years ago, but his work is so amazing. In fact, he says that there are three lies that mess with our identity. So when you're trying to figure out who you are, it's important for you to understand the lies and so three lies that mess with our identity. Number one is I am what I have. We often think it's about getting bigger, better, um, more. And what that generally means is that the more I get and the bigger I get, the better I get, the more successful I become, the more significant I become. The challenge is that a lot of times that stuff feels empty. I'm not diminishing accomplishments. I'm not diminishing success. I'm saying that sometimes we pursue things that often will define us and they actually leave us feeling very empty. Jesus says something that's so critical. I don't know what your faith tradition is or what your faith journey looks like, but Jesus says something that we could all learn from. He says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? In other words, you can gain the whole world and absolutely lose your soul. And so what we do is we start going after stuff. And oftentimes what happens when that stuff no longer fulfills you? The second lie that Henry Nowen talks about as we talk about our identity, he says, I am what I have, but he also says, I am what I do. That's another lie. I am what I do. See, this is when we generally define ourselves by what we do. If I were to meet you for the first time um, and you were to meet me, the probably the first question we probably ask each other is, what do you do? Or we might even say, who are you? But we would answer with what you do. My personal what I do is I'm a pastor, right? I'm an organizational leader. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a speaker. Um, I, I I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. I do this. I do that. But what is it for you? You're a doctor, right? You're an education major. Maybe you're a social worker, a parent, a grandparent. Um, maybe you're the best salesperson ever. Maybe you're an influencer. Uh, uh, maybe you're just someone who's aspiring to be uh, a speaker or, or a coach. Whatever it is, we generally define ourselves by what we do. But let me ask you this. What happens when those roles change? All of a sudden now, your world comes crashing down because you no longer have the position, excuse me, or the role that you had once before. So the athlete that no longer gets to play in the game, now all of a sudden, her world has crashed down. Uh, the, The parent who's been praying for their child to come back and they find their significance in their parent and parenting and the child never returns. Now all of a sudden, your whole world is thrown off. It's the pastor who no longer feels relevant. It's the business leader who no longer is actually, uh, working in that business. Whatever it is for you, it's the student that you could not get into the school you thought would actually give you identity. And what happens when those roles change is that our world becomes crashing down because we tied our identity into what we do as opposed to something greater. And so the last lie is not just what I am, what I am. I am what I do. The final lie is. I am what others think of me. In other words, you order your life around what's important to others, not just what's important to you, but you order your lives around what's important to others. This is beyond code switching, but this is actually impersonation. Like you're trying to be for someone else, something that's not authentic to you. And the reason you're doing it is to gain their approval, to gain their praise, and what's crazy is that when we live for the praises of others, we die from their criticism. We actually, we, we, we absolutely just die from the words they say. And so we're, we're looking for people to say the right things about us. We're looking for people to affirm us. And you find yourself, you're always trying to do things or create scenarios where you're the hero in the story because you want people to look at you and be impressed. And here's the crazy thing. Most times they don't even know that you're leaning on them or looking at them to be this significant figure in their life. And so they're They're just normally going about their day, but you've rearranged your whole life around them. And what happens is you find find yourself not really knowing who you are because you've been living for others. You're heartbroken and they don't even seem to notice. And so, well, what do we do here, right? Well, first of all, we've got to understand if we're going to find out who we are, we've got to actually address and expose the lies. That's what we just did. We just looked at, we expressed, and we exposed the lies, but now we've got to replace it with truth. The beauty of truth is that in order for it to be true, it needs to be true everywhere. Truth. Truth remains true no matter where you go, no matter where you take it. That's the beauty of truth. And so the truth is you've got to find something in your life that is deeper, that's bigger than you. You've actually had, you've got to find something in your life that's more stable than your circumstance, stable than your circumstance. I I promise y'all I can talk. This is the third episode and my, my voice, I'm just tired, but I want to make sure we get this content. So the truth that I live by, the unshakable truth that I live by is that I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I don't know what your faith journey is. I don't know, uh, what, what you've been through. I don't know where you are as it relates to religion or the relationship with a higher power. I don't know where you are, but I know my truth is I'm a child of God. This is so helpful for me because it actually changes the way I live. Now, all of a sudden, when things begin to shift, so if that relationship change, if they don't give me the affirmation that I was once looking for, if people don't like the podcast, if they do like the podcast, if my job changes, if I don't get the contract, if the people I'm leading don't like me, whatever it is, one of the things that I know that won't change is that I'm a child of God. Like That's a truth that I live by. It's a truth that I can anchor my life on. And so what I want to encourage you to do is that regardless of your faith journey, you've got to find a truth that you can anchor your life on and anchor your life in. And that truth can't just be the latest fad. It can't just be the latest thing that someone came up with or something that is uh, brand new to you or whatever it is. Like you've got to find a truth that's timeless, a truth that you can anchor yourself in. A truth that really is clear on who you are because now knowing who I am, it changes my values. It changes what's important to me. I get clear on what I should be doing and what I couldn't, what I shouldn't be doing because I'm clear on what's important to me. I'm clear on who I am. And so I want you to figure out, number one, who are you? Number two, powerful strategy is find something meaningful to do. Simple, find something meaningful to do. Focus on something or someone you can care about. Find something meaningful to do. What you do, we just talked about, what you do is not who you are. But it's important to realize that who you are influences what you do. In other words, what you do comes out of who you are. What you do comes out of who you are. That's why you see people that function in environments and they seem like they're doing well because they're living an authentic life. They're actually living a life with purpose. They're living a life because they not just realize that they they have a calling to something, but they also realize who's called them. So they're clear on who they are, but they also now are clear on what they do. What I want you to understand is that when you start to find meaning and you get clear on who you are, you've got to find a way to let it out. I don't know if you've noticed that, like you've got to find a way to let it out. You've got to find a way to engage. One of the symptoms or the causes of burnout is this disengagement. And so we assume that it's checking out, but the solution is actually to check in, find something meaningful. I think about my eight-year-old daughter, Kelsey, she is often in a space where she's got a lot of energy and a lot of information. So she she loves to draw. She loves to read. She loves to learn. She loves to do something with all of the gifts and the talents that she has and everything she's learned. Like anytime she learns a new thing, she wants to sing it. She wants to draw about it. She wants to uh, put a, a Broadway production uh, together for it. And what I've noticed with her is that if she cannot do something meaningful with what she has, she gets bored she becomes indifferent in fact sometimes she gets agitated frustrated and sometimes she just is exhausted and she says like I, I her whole countenance changes because she hasn't done anything meaningful with what she has and maybe that's where you are maybe your boredom is coming from the fact that you have not been engaged in. Maybe some of the, the disengagement, which you thought would actually give you life, has been sucking the life out of you. You actually don't care about the thing that you've been doing anymore. So I want to give you something new to care about. I want you to kind of refocus a little bit. Michelle Obama says something that's so powerful. She said, success isn't about how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. Success isn't about how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. Here's the truth. We find meaning when we are making a difference. So the truth is you can't disengage. You've got to actually check back in and find some ways to have meaning. Let me give you four practical things you can do. And I realize this could be a whole episode by itself, and maybe we'll spend some time on it, but four ways that you can engage in meaningful work. Number one, you've got to find a cause to champion maybe you are at your job or you're in your business you're in your family and you've been exhausted you've been checking out and you need to figure out okay what's the cause that I'm going to champion is it well, do we need to change our culture are we disconnected at all okay cool so i'm going to champion the cause of being the chief connection officer or I'm going to champion the cause to, 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 to bring the most joy in the house. Or I'm going to champion the cause of being the hardest worker in the building. Whatever it is, you've got to find a cause to champion. You've got to find a community to contribute to. So often we find ourselves, when we're bitter or disengaged, we find ourselves criticizing, condemning. Uh, we find ourselves even demonizing people for what they are putting out into the world and into the different spaces. And what if we were to shift that? What if we actually were to contribute to it? A community that I would say, hey, I could absolutely talk about how this isn't working and how that isn't working, but what if I decide to contribute to the solution and make sure that it did work? The other piece is you need a challenge to conquer. You got to have a challenge to conquer. You, you've got to maybe be growing in your skills. You've got to be growing in something new. I remember a couple of months ago um, taking a jujitsu, a Japanese jujitsu class. And I'll tell you this. I won't share this story all right here, but it was the most invigorating experience to be thrown on the ground. Like it was weird. Uh, it was a 15-year-old girl that threw me on the ground. I'm not proud of it, but it was invigorating because it was a challenge now for me to conquer. I had to get better. And the other thing is you need a character to care for. What you need is not to disengage, but you need to find ways to care for what's in front of you. Find something or someone in where you are to care for. Take it up a notch. I remember hearing a few years ago from Andy Stanley and how he kind of transformed his marriage. He he talked about that him and his wife would ask this question about how can I serve you? And then they take it up a notch to say, well, how can I outserve you? And so that is the, that's the goal. How do we outserve? Like, that's what I do in my marriage. How, how can I outserve you? This now gives me a character to care for. It gives me a way to look at my wife and say, okay, she's not just, uh, she's not just this, this, my, you know, my business partner, or she's not just the mother of my children, but this is my wife. I care for her. What is, what, how can I outserve her? Right. Just get excited. Whatever that is in your organization, your marriage or leadership. who Who's that person you can care for and begin to just shift how you approach what you're doing? So you've got to find out who you are. You've got to find something meaningful to do. And number three, you've got to find something to do. Uh, you've got to find some people to do it with. And you guys excuse all the nasally stuff. I'm navigating allergies at the moment, but you've got to find something uh, meaningful to do, but also find some people to do it with. I'm an introvert. Um, I, on the uh, Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ in the Enneagram. I'm a three with the wing four. And so my tendency is to isolate and to overthink things. And really what I start doing is I get into this echo chamber where I have these brilliant ideas that I agree with. And now because I agree with them, I find ways to confirm what I already have as a bias, what I already have as a bias in my mind. It's a really weird thing. And so I prove what I've already said. This was dangerous, though couple of years ago, actually more than a couple of years ago, I was leaving uh, or thinking about leaving a ministry job. And the thing about this job is that this was my first full-time vocational ministry job um, as a youth and young adult uh, director. And I was so excited about it. I love the job. I love the people, but I started to think that maybe God was calling me to something else. And, and what happened was I didn't actually share this with anyone. And so I started gaining this negative attitude. I started, Wearing this negative attitude with me. I I didn't think that people liked me. I think that I thought that somehow they were finding me out, finding out that I had these thoughts. And I I would I would look at the conversations or look at the the way that they would speak to me. And I would just assume that they didn't like me anymore. They thought I was betraying them. I was terrified that they were gonna fire me. I, I was um I started disengaging from these relationships because now I was afraid of what they might do or what they might say about me. And all of a sudden, the smallest task of my job became so exhausting. And here I was, y'all. I was 30 years old, and I felt like I was burning out. 30 years old, and I felt like I was burning out. But what changed? But what changed is I actually started sharing with my wife and then I actually started sharing with my community that I had. I had some deep and meaningful connections. So what changed is I stopped carrying it around and I started sharing it with a safe community. This saved my ministry. It saved. Uh, it gave life to my marriage, gave gave me life. Like, I actually remember that. I was reflecting on that a couple of days ago. Like, I was at a really bad spot. Everything was working except for the thing that I needed to be working. And what I really needed was not more money, not more uh, influence, not another this or another that. What I needed to be able to do was to share what was going on in my heart with deep and meaningful community. And I say that, I keep saying deep and meaningful because these were people that knew me. They understood me. They listened to me, they challenged me, they inspired me, they helped me change the way I was seeing my life and they helped me change the way I was seeing my circumstance. And so they helped me be reminded of what I was called to, they helped me be reminded of what I was supposed to be doing in this world, not only what I was called to, but who called me. And now all of a sudden, I gained the second win. Let me ask you this, what might that look like for you? Do you have deep and meaningful relationships? Do, do you have people that you can actually share your heart with? You have people that you can bear all to, and they don't weaponize what you share with them, and they don't actually try to—they don't take it personally and try to fix it all up and 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 uh, put it in a cute bow. But they actually listen to you, they understand you, they challenge you, they inspire you, they care for you. You need some people in your life that you can connect with. Deep and meaningful connections are the key to second win because they help you mature, they help you grow, they help us heal. They help give you perspective, insight. They keep you grounded. They help you overcome fear. They make you stronger. Family, I'm an introvert. I'm an INTJ. I'm, I'm you know, a three with the wing four. And I one of my biggest struggles is actually connecting and having deep and meaningful relationships. But I'll tell you from experience, it's a struggle, but it's so necessary. We need people. We need people. And I want to encourage you that there's something that happens to you physiologically when you hear the voice of someone else. There's something that happens to you physiologically when you feel the embrace or the touch of another person. And so I don't want you to give that up. And that may be the thing that's kind of uh holding That may be the thing that will propel you into the next space and into the next season, into the next leg of the journey that you're on. That could be the key to your second win. So let me recap really quickly. I know I said a lot. I know I talked fast. Um, um, I hope that you'll find some time to replay this. But I also, I want us to stay encouraged because I want to probably share this in another episode. But let me recap some of these quick things. If you're going to bounce back from burnout, number one, you've got to find out who you are. Number two, you've got to find something meaningful to do. And number three, you've got to find some people to do it with. You've got to get yourself in community. You've got to find a mission to pursue and you've got to actually figure out, okay, who am I? I love Brian Loritz. He uh, is a pastor um, out in North Carolina and an author. And he says that everyone, if you're finding your calling, you've got to ask three questions. Who's my master? Who, what's my mission and who's my mate? So that's a that's a way you can bottle it all up. Listen, family, I'm not an expert, I'm not a scholar, but I'm a practitioner, and I hope that this has been helpful for you. I hope that this is something that you can take and and uh, kind of study and and find out your own things. In fact, I would love to hear more from you. Uh, two things I want to say before you go: if if you've got some more insight on this topic of burnout, if you're like, hey, we got to talk about this, hey, I wanna I wanna share more about this, I would love to hear from you. Send me. A message at questions at jameswilsonjr.com. Again, I don't want this to just be a monologue, but I want this to be a dialogue. I want this to be an opportunity for us to engage. And the other thing is, if you heard something I said, right, and you're like, you know, when you when I talked about the idea of truth and you're thinking about, you know what, I don't know where I am on this journey. I don't quite know what the next step is. I would love to be able to hear where you are on your journey, and I'd love to be able to possibly even walk you through um, what the next step in your journey could look like. Um, Feel free. Hit me up, questions at junior.com. I'd love to be able to walk you through some of that stuff if you're open to it. But in the meantime, family, it's been great. Um, I hope this has been helpful. I hope that this has renewed your leadership. Please rate, review, share. Um, I can't wait to the next episode because I get the opportunity to Get our, our first, second win interview. Um, it's going to be dope. You don't want to miss it. Um, listen, also, every episode, we're dropping episodes every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. So everywhere you listen to podcasts, every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, we're going to get it dropped for you. So rate review, share it, give me some feedback. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Again, I hope that this is something that's beneficial to you. Hit me up questions at Um, Family, this has been the second win leadership. I hope that you feel renewed in your leadership and restored in your hope in life. All right, y'all. Love you. Talk to you soon.